morning, everyone. You're very welcome to church today. We are still in isolation, as you can imagine, with the ongoing pandemic in our nation. My name is Scott Woodburn. I'm the minister here in Eden Grove Presbyterian Church in Ballina Hinch, Northern Ireland. Uh, but you're very welcome to worship with us this morning. Uh, we are in an empty church today. I would trust that you're nice and comfy in your own home. Hopefully you're out of your bed. That would be a bit unseemly. But realistically, wherever you want to meet with us this morning, that's okay, and I'm not going to barge you too much. Let me make a few announcements before we begin. Uh, firstly, please be aware to members of our own church family that our church WhatsApp group is up and going. Uh, some have said that it has been a, a good help in this past week. If you would like to be part of that WhatsApp group, then please let me know ASAP, and I will add you to that group. Also every day, between myself and Reverend Alan Burke out in La Sarah at Crossgar, we are producing some daily devotions for you to use on your own or to use with your family, however you want to use those. Uh, those will be out six days of the week, Monday through to Saturday, and then I will be preaching uh, on a passage that we've touched on during the week here on the Lord's Day, and Alan will be doing the same. So come Sunday, you will have two sermons to listen to, two uh, sermons to even watch. I think Alan uh, is making videos like this. He is a uh, skinnier version of me and his beard is much bigger. So hopefully you, you'll not judge us uh, and you can watch both on the Lord's Day uh, as you are still uh, separated from your brothers and sisters in Christ. So those daily devotions will be posted on WhatsApp, on Facebook. Uh, you can get them online uh, and also, as I've said, you can listen to us preach about some of those passages come Sunday. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Monday the 30th, uh, Dave, our youth worker, launches his podcast, which is specifically geared for children. Uh, it's called Eden Grove Presents God's Big Story. And it'll take your little ones through the story of the Bible from uh, Genesis right through to the book of Revelation. And as I said, it's available tomorrow on our church website. It's got its own Facebook page, and also it's a podcast, so you can uh, sign up to that wherever you get your podcasts. And in addition to that, uh, my own podcast is almost 50 episodes old now. It's been going for uh, about two years. It's called This We Confess, and we work our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, God willing, by the time uh, we meet again, hopefully we'll, we will have hit uh, about our 50th episode. But please look that up. It's teaching almost 24 hours worth of teaching uh, for you to work your way through in these times of isolation. Final announcement, folks, is just to apologize for the sun. Uh, you see our lovely window behind me. I, I can't do anything about that sun, but maybe if you're feeling a wee bit bleak and a wee bit low this morning, uh, you'll feel blessed as the sunlight shines in upon you. Uh, but please, hopefully, you'll, you'll not need to look at me uh, and preach in with your shades on. Those are all the announcements. It's good to have you here with us, and we come to worship God. In Psalm 139, verses 7 to 10, we read, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Where is God today? He is closer than you think. Where is God today? He is everywhere. Where is God today? You cannot hide from him. You cannot flee from him. 
our God is the omnipresent God. And today we gather to sing praise to his name. This morning, I'm delighted to say, uh, we are going to sing, hopefully in the video, uh, the words will appear here for you to sing your wee hearts out. But we're going to be led now uh, by Nick and Rose as they sing our first hymn, Be Still. few days, perhaps we have asked the question, where is our God? Does he care about all that we are going through? Where is he when we need him the most? Why can't he just click his fingers and make an end to all of this coronavirus, this pandemic? Where is our God? And so Lord, it is great to read your word, which speaks to that very question and answers it. And your word tells us where you are. Where shall we go from your spirit? 
Where shall we flee from your presence, asks the psalmist. And the answer is absolutely nowhere. If we go to heaven, you're there. If we make our bed and shield, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And so, Lord God, where are you this morning? The answer is everywhere. The answer is in this empty meeting house as I stand here praying and later will preach. The answer is in the homes of those men and women around this town who are singing your praise this morning. Where is our God? Well, he is in Balnehinch. He is in Downing Street. He is in Washington, D.C. He is in Wuhan province. Where is our God? The universe cannot hold him. It cannot contain his majesty and greatness. Where is our God? He is beside us. And we delight in these words. The Lord God, your hand leads us and your right hand holds us. Father, we ask you this morning to lead us through these dark and difficult days. Another week of isolation has passed. And Father, we do not know how many more weeks of isolation are to come. Lead us, Father, we pray. And Lord God, as we try to teach our children things that we really don't understand ourselves, Father, lead us. Lead us as we homeschool for the first time in our lives. And Father, as we are kept from visiting our loved ones, as we are kept from going to the hospital to see a sick elderly relative or a husband or a wife or a child, Father, Father, lead us. Lord God, truly we do not know what the next hour will bring, never mind the next six to twelve weeks. But we pray, Lord God, for your leading. The almighty and merciful and triune God, Father, lead us. And Lord God, when it all becomes a little bit too much for us, when the brave face that we put on slips a little bit, and someone catches us and someone catches us quietly crying in the kitchen father we we pray that you would draw near and comfort us that your right hand will hold us lord when we have to go out to work and we don't want to and we're scared father hold us where is our god everywhere everywhere, including in the midst of your people. So, Father, lead us, we pray. And hold us, we ask. And, Lord, even though our voices this morning rise to you from different locations, 
So we pray with one voice. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We're now going to speak directly to the wee ones, to boys and girls. Normally I'd ask you to come up to the front. Uh, this morning, just come a wee bit closer to your TV or your laptop screen or your iPad. Scotty's coming. Good morning, boys and girls. It's me. It's me. It's Scott uh, 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 T. Uh, this is a wee bit strange, a wee bit different from how we normally would be. Uh, normally at this stage, I've brought you up to the front and I've said, hello, boys and girls. And you all look at me and you hello, Scott. Except for Aaron Dong, he'll say, hello, Scott. But good morning. It's good to see you. And boys and girls, in a wee second, I am going to tell you something utterly, utterly amazing about God. But before I get to that, I've got something amazing to show you. Boys and girls, today, from the comfort of your own living room, I am Magic Scotty. Wow. Watch this. Boys and girls, look into my eyes. Look, look into them. Oh, wow. That's a nice living room you've got there. You really should put those breakfast dishes away, though. It's, it's about time. Uh, yeah. But uh, look, anyway, distracted. Look into my eyes. Boys and girls, what if I told you? I even round here at the church, and you in your house, what if I told you? I could read your mind. Boys and girls, this morning, what I want you to do for me, I want you to think of a number, any number between one and a million, put it into your head. Your forehead's not as big as mine, but put it in there. And boys and girls, look into my eye, and I will tell you the number. Seven thousand four hundred and eighty-three point six one two. Am I right, boys and girls? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Probably not. Probably not. In fact, I could pretty much guarantee that not one of you had that number in your head. Boys and girls, I can't do magic. I really can't. I, I can't stand here in the pulpit of Eden Grove Church and, and somehow read your mind. I'm not like that. No one can do that. Boys and girls, it would be amazing if I could put my finger on your screen right now. Oh, touch my finger, boys and girls. Touch it, touch it. Can you feel anything? No. 
You really can't. Boys and girls, I'm around here. You're wherever you are. We can't do anything about that for a little while. I can't play these tricks. I can't read your mind. You can't touch my finger. None of that is true. But I do have something amazing to tell you. Not about me, but about our God. Boys and girls, although this morning I am here and you're there, and although this morning we might try our best to to have some sort of connection somehow, and we'll feel God is in all places all at once. I'm here and you're there. God is here and God is there. God is in Spain. God is in America. God is on the moon. God is in Belfast. God is in Balnehinch. God is in the garden. God is in the air. God is everywhere. And boys and girls, the Bible tells us that God is in all places. I want to teach you a fancy word about that this morning. It's omnipresent. Can you say that, boys and girls? Omnipresent. There's a simple way to remember it. First of all, we, we do a, a face like we're thinking. We go, um, can you do that? Can you do it? Um, do it. Put the dog down. Just, just, just do it. Um, and then, boys and girls, we point to our knee. I can't get my knee up that high, but we point to our knee. And then, boys and girls, we put on a face like we've just received the best present ever. You watching? Um, knee, present. Um. omnipresent. It means that God is everywhere. There's no one else like that. No one else has that ability. Boys and girls, if I am here today in the church in Balnehinch, I can't be at your house. If I'm in my house later on this afternoon, I can't be in Portrush. If I'm in Portrush later on next week, I can't be in Spain. I am in the one place at the one time and that's it. That's all I can do. I can't read your mind across the internet. Our fingers can't touch across the internet. But God God is everywhere all at once. He is omnipresent. If you were listening at the start of this service, boys and girls, here's what the Bible says about our God. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? Where can I get away from you, God? The answer is nowhere. If I ascend to heaven... You're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Boys and girls, in other words, there is absolutely nowhere we can be where God is not already there. 
Boys and girls, I miss you. Hopefully soon we will all be back at church. We'll be back up at the front. We'll be back talking to one another. And we'll see you up at school. And we'll do all those fun things that we enjoy. But before we do that, even if you and I can't hang out and have fun, where is God? He's everywhere. He is omnipresent. Boys and girls, let me pray for you. And then we're going to sing. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are not limited by time and place and space. But you are everywhere. And so Lord, even though this week we can't be at school, we can't be at the things and the places that we really, really enjoy, we can't come to church, we're having to talk to one another over the internet. Father, even though this is true, Help us to trust you. Help us to remember that you are everywhere. You are omnipresent. That's amazing, Lord God. And today it makes us so, so happy to know this truth. So bless us today, Lord God, we pray. And may we remember that wherever we are, you are already there. Where can we go from your spirit? Where can we go from your presence? Nowhere. Your hand leads us and your hand holds us. Father, we thank you for this truth. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Boys and girls, we're going to sing a little song now. It's called, It's Amazing What Praising Can Do. Let's sing. It's amazing what praising can do. It's amazing what praising can do. Join in and you'll see what is good enough for me. It's amazing what praising can do. It's amazing what your mouth can do. It's amazing what your mouth can do. It can shout, scream, and cheer as long as it's sincere. It's amazing what your mouth can do. It's amazing what clapping can do. It's amazing what clapping can do. As my hands applaud, they show praise to the Lord. It's amazing what clapping can do. Well, it's amazing. said, folks, during the week, myself and Alan Burke uh, will be writing some daily devotions for you. This week I've been focused in the Gospels, Alan has been in the Psalms, uh, and so today I will be preaching from one of those passages that I looked at throughout the week. It's John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Alan will also be preaching on a Psalm this morning, and you will find the recording of that online. I will post it uh, on our Facebook page, on our website, uh, I will make sure you have access to that as well. So God willing, whilst this time of isolation continues, uh, I will preach, Alan will preach, and you will have two brand new sermons to listen to 
on these days of isolation. But this morning we are in John's Gospel, John 1, verses 1 to 14. I would encourage you, if you are uh, on the sofa, in the conservatory, land in the garden, in the bathroom, no, don't, don't be in the bathroom, don't be in there. Don't, watch it or listen to it wherever, not in there, but wherever you are, get your Bible out, bring your Bible, open it up, read through it, uh, and listen to it as it's preached. We are in John's Gospel, John 1, verses 1 to 14, and this is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all, may, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him that the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these wonderful words that we have heard in your word. We thank you for John's gospel. We thank you for Genesis through to Revelation. And this morning, Lord God, as we hear these words preached, we pray indeed that you would speak powerfully to us. Wherever we may be, at home or abroad, Father, speak and give us open ears to hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was born in 1979. I grew up in the 1980s, and I find myself more and more reminiscing about those golden days back in the 80s. There was a singer on the go in those days, a lady by the name of Bonnie Tyler, if I believe right. She was from Scotland. But Bonnie was a big thing back in the 80s and a big thing in my life. I loved her songs. I loved her music, probably liked her and fancied her a wee bit. But Bonnie Tyler, once upon a time, asked a major question. She was holding out for a hero, you see. Holding out for a hero until the end of the night. And she wondered, did I, Bonnie, what had happened to all the good men? She was looking about and there were no good men to be found. Ladies, some of you might say there's still none. Bonnie Tyler could sing it still today. Where have all the good men gone? But not only that, she asked where her white knight was upon a fiery steed. And she even brought a query to the table. She queried, where are all the gods? Now today I'm not standing in front of you. I'm not preaching this, believing in many gods. No, absolutely not. There is just one God. His name is Yahweh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
But this week, I have been asked a question via the medium of Facebook about where is God in all of this coronavirus in the midst of this pandemic? Where is our God? Perhaps if there was a God, I was asked, he would just click his fingers and make all of this go away. If there really was a God, then none of this would have ever happened. If there really was a God, then all the nasty things, all the viruses, all the evil, all the stuff we don't like, if there really was a God, none of it would be on the table. All of it would be gone. Where is our God this week? Where is God in the middle of a virus and a pandemic like this? Maybe you've been asked this question yourself Maybe you've been pondering it yourself. You've kept it under your pillow. You've kept it to yourself, lest you be accused of lacking faith. But where is God? In a week where the future king of our nation has caught coronavirus, in a week where our prime minister has caught coronavirus, in a week that we stood outside our houses and clapped the staff of the National Health Service who day by day, are under pressure to try and hold the whole thing together because people are sick and dying. Where is God? This passage gives us an extraordinary answer. This passage tells us exactly where he is, and we will consider that this morning, and I pray indeed that it will be an answer to your question, where is this God of yours, Mr. Woodburn? But also it will be an answer to your heart that is worrying and fearful and filled with doubt in these days. Where is our God? Before we get to that question, we we look at the beginning verses of John's Gospel. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. It tells us about the Lord Jesus Christ. And hopefully in a minute or two you will see why I've started here and why this is an answer to our question. But first of all, let's get into these familiar verses. Let's rejoice in them, read through them study them and think about them and delight in the fact that it is speaking about our Lord and Savior. In the beginning, says the apostle, was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God and he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And in these opening five verses, John takes the good news of Jesus and he unfolds it and shows us who this Jesus is. If you're not familiar with this passage, if this is brand new to you, then perhaps you don't know what he is talking about. Well, let me try and fill in the blanks. See, when John says, in the beginning was the word, he's speaking of Jesus. We will see that as we work our way through this passage. In the beginning, says John, was Jesus, was the word of God. And the Word was with God, Jesus was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. So straight away, the Apostle takes us to a place where he tells us something absolutely extraordinary about the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, I said last week, some people just think that Jesus is a good example. He's a good man. He's he's someone you'll stick on your t-shirt or around your neck as a wee good luck charm. And yet John doesn't say any of that. John gets us into this passage and he says, Who is Jesus? He was the Word and he was with God and he was God and in the beginning Jesus was there too. Sometimes when it comes up to Christmas we say something like, Oh, happy birthday Jesus. 
It's Jesus' birthday. It's Christmas. Ho, 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 and all that. But, but this passage tells us that not a bit of it. Jesus was eternal. Jesus was without beginning. He will be without end. Jesus always has been and always will be. This passage tells us about God's plan to, to fix coronavirus, to fix death, to fix this sinful and broken world. Because if corona has told us anything, it's told us that all is not well. If we understand anything from this pandemic, we understand that this is broken. Balnehinch, Sainfield, Drummond all the places in this locality, wherever you're from, it's broken. It's not working. It's not the way it should be. And you think, oh, Scott, it's all right, you know. There's times it's been really, really good, but then there's times that you've stood in a graveyard crying your eyes out because you're saying goodbye to your mother. Times as well that you've been on the phone to the doctor and he's given you bad news. It's broken. It's not the way it should be. And what is God's plan to fix it? To send Christ. I don't know if you have a plan for isolation. I don't know if you have games stacked up. I don't know if you're, you know, you have a thousand tins of soup hidden under your bed. I, I don't know. My wife takes all to do with that. I'm glad it's not me. If she sent me out to the shops for the essentials, I would come back with 20 liters of Pepsi Mac and a multi-pack of biscotti biscuits. That's who I am. But thanks be to God because his plan is nothing but essential. No fluff, no frivolity. It's all of Christ. And this verse, these passages tell us that that Jesus was not this good historical figure that you should make an image of him and stick it above your bed as a good luck charm. Not a bit of it. John tells us that Jesus was God. In the beginning was Jesus, says the Apostle John. Or in other words, to use a fancier way to put it, Jesus was co-eternal with God the Father. Jesus always has been and he always will be. Jesus does not have a birthday because he has always been. Jesus, in the beginning, was there. And not only that, says John, he was with God. Jesus was co-relational with the Father. Jesus was part of the Lord God Almighty, one God, three persons, all equal. That's how I show it to the kids today. You get to see it in glorious technicolor, one God, three persons, all equal. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all equal in power and might and wisdom and authority. This is our Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was co-eternal with the Father, he was co-relational with the Father, and he was co-substantial with the Father. Caspar Olivianus says this, For Christ is and is called the only begotten Son of God, because he alone is the eternal Son of God of the eternal father begotten of the substance of the father from eternity past and therefore true god in whom we ought to believe and some of you may think well scott what's that about that's laboring the point a bit but it is of vital importance a long time ago in the year 325 christians got together to discuss this very point and they wanted to know who is this jesus is he, is he like God? Is he, is he a wee bit like God? Or is he God? Who is this Jesus? And it all hinged on one word and one letter in a word, and it was either homo-usios or homo-usios. 
who he is, Jesus, well, he decided that he is homo usios. He is of the same substance. He is God, not a little bit like him, but he is God, co-substantial with the Father. And all things that we have ever known and all the things that we have ever seen, well, every one of them, says John, was made through Jesus. Without him, verse 3, was not anything made that was made. This Jesus, this gentle Jesus, meek and mild as we often portray him, the little baby in the manger, the, 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 the crucified man up in the false images that many have made of him. Who is he? He is the one who all things were made through. If you've ever stood and marveled up at the giant's causeway or ever taken great delight on a summer breeze in your face, if you've ever just cast your eyes to heaven and wondered what is going on in this grand universe, the Bible tells us that everything we've ever seen and touched and loved, it was made through Jesus. It's not just John that comes up with this. In Hebrews 1 and verse 2, Paul says, In these last days, God has spoken to us by his Son whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Paul again in Colossians 1, 16 to 17. For by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. He is before all things. And in Jesus all things hold together. Extraordinary truth. Extraordinary truth. This passage tells us, these opening verses of John's gospel tell us that Jesus was God. He was eternal. In the beginning, he was already there. He was co-relational with his Father. Our God is a triune God. One God, three persons, all equal, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Co-eternal, co-relational, and co-substantial. Jesus was of the same stuff as God. Not separate, not different, not a wee bit like him, but homo usios, fully God. And everything that we have ever seen was made through Jesus. There's a picture I saw a few years ago taken by a a space satellite, I think it was called Cassini. And it took a, a, a little picture from deep in space of the earth, and it was a tiny little dot in the distance. And you and me, we've lived our whole lives on that tiny little dot. Today we are still sitting on that tiny little dot. About two and a half billion people on this tiny little dot are, are currently in isolation because of the, this pandemic. And these verses and others like them tell us that that tiny little dot and all the other dots that we see in the sky, every single one of them was made through Jesus and for Jesus. And if that wasn't extraordinary enough, well, John tells us that in this Jesus wasn't just a wonderful creator, but in this Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. My friends, our lives have been pushed the pause button on them this week. We don't know when they're going to get back to normal. When will be the next time that you will nip down to the coffee shop to see your best mate? When's the next time that you're going to take the kids out for a walk with, with your granny and her wee pooch, her wee dog, her wee chihuahua, or whatever it is she carries in her handbag? When's the next time we're going to do those normal things? We just don't know. We can't be sure. At the minute, life 
is paused. And at the minute we realize life is incredibly fragile and life sometimes is spoken to by forces outside of us. But in Jesus was life, true life, eternal life for all who would believe. In Christ was life, not weekly trips to the coffee shop life that we're missing, not weekly trips down to watch our favorite sport team that are, that are canceled, not trips away on a cruise or on a beach somewhere that we suspect aren't going to happen this summer, but, but life, true life, abundant life in this Jesus. And that life, says John, was the light of men, and that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. My friends, one of the things that I do sometimes is I will come down to this church building, and I will go and sit in the back row. It's a, it's a favorite place of many. If you come in here on a Sunday and you want to get into that back row, you need to really be here, probably late on Friday night. Everybody loves the back row. But I come in during the week and I sit in the back row and I'll read or I'll think or I'll pray or I'll do something. And if you are here at the right time, well, that window behind me, it's caught by the, the street lights outside and the light shines in. And there's times that this place is illuminated. You see it today. It's shining in off my bald and balding head. It shows you my funny-shaped hairline. But today as we watch that light pouring in, well, we know that Christ is the light of men. In Him is life, and in Jesus He shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not win. It does not overcome Him. It does not stop Him, not for one single sorry second. Here is Christ. Fully God, fully man, without sin, co-eternal, relational, substantial with his Father, homo usios, of the same substance as God. All things were made through him, in him was life and light, and he shines today in the middle of pandemics, and it does not overcome Jesus. And back to our question. Because maybe some of you are sitting there thinking, well, Scott, that's all well and good, but... But what has this got to do with the question, why doesn't God just stop all of this? Why does he let bad things happen? Why does this God not just click his almighty fingers and put an end to pandemics and corona and whatever else troubles us? Friends, none of what I have just told you is, is rubbish to that point. You see, my answer to any question like that is Jesus. My answer to any question given in that manner is, is Christ. I, I point you to Jesus because I do not know the plan of God. I am not his counselor. I have never given a gift to him that I somehow need to be repaid from him. That's not the way it works. Our God is all wisdom. He is almighty. He knows all things. He, he knows the next 20 minutes and he knows the next 20 billion years if there's such a thing. Our God is almighty. And his plan to bring everything together is outlined for us in these first five verses. And his plan can be summed up in two glorious, precious words, a name that is above all names. His plan can be summed up by Jesus Christ. That's why I preach these verses to you into this question, where is our God? And I tell you, Jesus, 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 Jesus is the answer. See, this Jesus 
is the solution to coronavirus. You see, folks, really, history, it's really the story of two atoms. There's the first atom in the garden, and there's the second atom who is Christ. Here's what Paul tells us in the book of Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. This is the problem. This is the problem. Why have any of these bad things ever happened? Why is coronavirus running rampant through this world? Why did bombs go off years ago? Why have there been wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes? And why am I struggling with illness? And why will one day I die? Why can't God just stop it all? Here's the problem, the source of the problem. And it's not God. It was us. The first man, Adam, as he's called in the book of Genesis, that first man, sin came into the world through him, through an act of rebellion, through him shaking an arrogant fist at the Lord and saying, I don't need you. We will do things our way, thank you very much. That's where the problem finds its source. Sin comes into the world through this one man, this Adam, and death comes through sin. And so death spreads to all of us because all of us sinned. There's the issue. And so the question isn't, why doesn't God just stop all of this? That's, that's looking to the wrong place. The, the question should be, why is all of this happening? And the answer is us and our rebellion. And where do we find the solution to the problem that we have created? Jesus. This co-eternal, relational, substantial, eternal, amazing, homo, usios, all things made through him, light and life, Jesus, him. There's your answer. There's your answer. Because Christ Jesus is not the first Adam, but he comes to put right what the first Adam does. He is the second Adam. And as Paul tells us later in this same chapter in verse 17, he says, For if because of one man's trespass... Death reigned through that one man, that's Adam. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. There's the problem. Why is there coronavirus? And the answer is Adam. It's us. It's our sin. And what is the answer? Jesus is the answer. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Here's what Jesus does to solve the problem of our sin. It's a problem that, that you and I couldn't solve if left to our own devices. If left to our own devices, not one of us would seek God. But the Lord has acted decisively in human history. The Lord has moved decisively to make an end to sin. The Lord has moved decisively to put pay to coronavirus and pandemic and death and all the things that trouble us. He has done it decisively and he has done it through the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And who is he? He is God. He is God. Jesus, the Son of God, the eternal Christ. Jesus, who 
made all things. In and through him everything was made. In and through and for him everything was made. This Jesus, he is the answer. He is the answer. And we rejoice today because this grand plan of redemption has been proclaimed in the world. And today you're sitting there somewhere. Maybe you're in Lisburn. Maybe you're in Lisburn. Imagine living in Lisburn. What a, what a precious place Lisburn is. Maybe you're a wee bit further afield from Lisburn. Maybe you're in Dunmurray. I don't know. I don't know where you are, but you're hearing this remarkable plan of God. You're hearing about it today through my imperfect lips. You've, you've heard me reading from John's Gospel. This plan has been proclaimed. John tells us here that indeed there was another sent before Jesus called John the Baptist, someone who came to prepare the way. He came to say, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Get ready. My friends, in the same way, if Boris Johnson was coming to visit your house, well, you probably wouldn't let him in because he's not well. But if, if Boris or the Queen or somebody was coming, you'd prepare the way. You'd get your good crockery out. You'd, you'd wash your hands 20 times. You would prepare the way. And in the same way, John in his gospel tells us about another man sent from God, verse 6, whose name was also John. We call him to this day John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. Jesus is coming. The light is coming. Get ready for Christ. The answer to the problem is on his way. It was John the Baptist who, who declares, Behold the Lamb of God, who comes to take away the sin of the world. That's what John does. He says, The King, the King, the King is coming. Get ready for the King. And John comes to bear witness about the light who is Jesus, that all might believe through Jesus. John was not the light, verse 8, just in case you're mixed up. But he came to bear witness about the light. The plan was opened up and outlined. Things that once had been hidden were now being revealed. That Jesus was coming. The Son of God would be born of the Holy Spirit by a virgin's womb. Jesus was coming. Just in keeping with the Word of God where in Isaiah 40 we were told that a voice would cry out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This is John the Baptist. All fulfilling the Word of God. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The answer is coming. The plan revealed. The plan Proclaimed and the plan all centered around this remarkable, sinless, spotless Savior called Jesus. And again, who is he? He is the Son of God. God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, eternal, substantial, relational Jesus. Amazingly, even though this plan was revealed amazingly, Jesus was rejected. The true light, we're told in verse 9, was giving light to everyone who was coming into the world. Jesus was in the world, verse 10, and the world was made through Jesus, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The plan is 
revealed to all who would pay any attention whatsoever. It is heralded and trumpeted by the voice of one crying in the wilderness, the Lamb, the Lamb of God. And still, he is rejected. See, my friends, today some of you might be asking the question, where is God? In these past days, you've maybe shaken an angry fist at him and said, if, if you were really there, then you would do something about all of this. If you were really the God that they tell us you are, then, then you would sort out this pandemic once and for all. We could get back to normal, back to the coffee shop, back to the golf course. And as we shake that fist and ask that question, we miss the point that God has already acted. God has acted decisively in human history. And the Father sends his only Son to lay down his life for the lost. Bonnie Tyler was looking for a hero. I don't know if she ever found it. I haven't paid too much attention to her career since the 80s have brought to a close. Maybe today you too are searching for an answer, searching for a hero. But surely it can't be Jesus. Surely the, the Jesus that you've heard about, he can't be the solution, surely. It must be human progress. It must be a politician. It, 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 it must be a better me. I'm the answer. I, I will be the change that I want to see. My friends, maybe you, like many, have rejected Christ because he's not the hero that you're looking for. You look at his life and, and you think, well, that's not the solution. A, a son of God, allegedly, born into a, a backwater all those years ago, and what happens to him? He dies. He gets crucified. That's not the answer. And indeed, I've heard people saying, oh, if only Jesus wasn't crucified, then he might have brought real change. Nonsense. He's maybe not the hero that you've been looking for in your mind. And it's maybe not the way that you would have done it. But it's the plan of God to bring salvation to this world, to bring an answer to that problem, which is sin, which has come into this world with death riding behind it through the sin of the first Adam. Christ comes, and he comes in humiliation. Our catechism asks the question, where does Christ's humiliation consist? And the answer given says, Christ's humiliation consists in his being born, and in a low condition, made under the law, undergoing the miseries of this life, the wrath of God, the cursed death of the cross, and being buried and continuing under the power of death for a time. Here is the plan of God. Here is the answer to corona. Here is the answer to sin. Here is the answer to death. 
Here is the answer to graveyards and intensive care units and hospitals and broken relationships and abused wives and children from broken homes. All of those things that break our hearts. Where is the answer? Here it is in Jesus. Humiliated for a season. Born into this world. He takes on flesh. He becomes like us. And yet without sin. And he becomes like us and and comes under the law of God and endures the miseries of this life and the wrath of his Father is poured out upon him. And he is crucified, he is dead, he is buried, but he comes alive. Here is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Here it is in black and white for, for men and women like us wondering this week, where is God? Where is he? He has acted utterly Decisively, he is acting. Christ becomes flesh and is delivered up. Christ becomes flesh and is raised again to life after death. Christ becomes flesh and ascended up into heaven and from there he will come to judge the living and the dead. Here's Jesus. Here's the answer. Maybe not the hero you've been looking for. Maybe not the plan that you think would do it. But as surely as I stand before you today by the wonders of modern technology, I promise you, I assure you that Christ is the answer. The eternal Son, full of grace and truth, the light of the world, the the life, life, the eternal life that he brings, it is Jesus. It is Jesus. And you see, there are many who still reject him. Many who still do not want to know or want to hear that he is the answer. But he remains the answer regardless of what you or I think about him. And yet, in John chapter 1, we are told that while many reject this Jesus, there are many who have received him. In verse 12, we read, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And how can this be? Well, John tells us, because in verse 13 he says, these men and women who have received Jesus, they're not born of blood. It's not by the will of the flesh. It's not that they wake up one day and say, oh, I'll receive Jesus today. It's not the will of man. But it's God. God has acted in a decisive way in history, and God has acted in a wonderful, supernatural way in our lives. He has revealed the gospel to us. He has softened our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He has drawn us to him by the preaching of his word. We have been enabled to receive Christ by faith. We have been saved by the will of God. And Jesus today has given us that right to be called his children. Is there anything better than that? Is there anything better than to be called a child of God? To be part of the family of God that knows that even if this world was to be cast into the midst of the sea, then you and I would be secure in his hand? Is there anything better at this time of isolation and virus and worry and fear to know that we are in God's family? 
if that is true, if we are in his family, received in by faith in Christ, if that is true, then brothers and sisters, why do we fear? Why do we fear? Jesus, the answer, the one who became flesh in verse 14 and dwelt among us, we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, not in splendid self-isolation. Jesus, not washing his hands before he steps into the filth and the dirt of sinful humanity, but Jesus, Jesus, eternal, substantial, relational, Jesus, the Son of God, comes and takes on flesh, dwells among us, sets up his tent among us, tabernacles among us, there's our answer. There's our answer. And what do we do? Today I am absolutely aware that as you look and search for answers in this day and age, and, and many of you will be looking and searching in all the wrong places, I am aware that the church needs to find its voice. And today if you watch this video and you have no clue how you're going to get through this next six, seven, twelve weeks, months maybe. You have no clue, but you just find this weight upon your shoulders and it breaks your heart and you think, I can't carry this, this worry, this fear, this guilt. I need an answer. Jesus is that. Jesus was once asked, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answers the question by saying, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Where is God in coronavirus? Could he not just Click his fingers and do away with it all? Surely if there was this God, he would, he would show himself. He would do something, wouldn't he? He would get our attention somehow, wouldn't he? What if he already has and you just haven't bothered to notice? What must we do to be saved? What must we do to have our sins forgiven? What must we do to have the weight and guilt and worry and sadness of this life lifted upon us? What must we do to have hope for everlasting life to come? What must we do? Believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the eternal Son of God. Believe the gospel message which 
tells us that Christ was crucified for sin but raised for our justification. This is what we must do. Believe in the one whom has been sent. Holding out for a hero. Holding out for a hero. And my friends, I pray today that your search is over. Your search is over because the hero, the champion, the friend, the savior, the answer that we are looking for is Jesus. Jesus, in the midst of his people, Jesus, who isn't self-isolating, but he is working out his purposes. Jesus, who has put viruses and illnesses and death on notice. Jesus, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, who it is written off in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25, he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. This Jesus is the one who will see the last enemy that is death being destroyed and put under his feet. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Our answer is Jesus. And my brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters today, for for you and me, for us who have received him, Today, may we have renewed confidence in Him. Because often in these past days, I have been panicking. I have been at a loss. I have lacked the words. And this big mouth rarely lacks any words. My brothers and sisters, just as we urge many to believe in Jesus in these days and to flee the wrath to come, then so may you and I, those of us who have received him, may we rest in him. That's what we believe faith is. Isn't that right? Faith is a receiving and a resting in Christ as he is offered in the gospel. Brothers and sisters, may we rest in Christ. He is our champion. He has answered the questions in our life. He has taken away our sin and nailed it to a cross. He has been raised from the dead for our justification. He has been brought up to heaven and and sits at the right hand. Flesh and blood is at the right hand of the Father. And he there gathers and defends and rules his bride, the church. He is for us, brothers and sisters. And when he returns, you and I, because of our faith in Christ, you and I will stand in the judgment. And you and I will see everlasting glory with Jesus. And if this is true, as it surely is, and brothers and sisters, may we rest. I know that's not easy. Your head is as filled with worries as mine. 
you're as panicked as me. You're as nervous as me. But may this Jesus, who brought life and light into this world, bring a peace to our hearts and our souls today as once again we remember who he is and what he has done and we stop, we are still, and we rest in him. And so for us all, those outside of Christ, And those who have received him by faith and who have been given the right to be called children of God. Today we do not put our trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. A hero has come, a friend to sinners has arrived, a champion has risen up, a saviour has dwelt among us and died for us and is for us. And his name is Jesus. Amen. My friends, our service closes today uh, with more music. Uh, We're very thankful for Nick and his uh, daughter Rose, and they will sing now, You Are Good. If you know the words, please sing along. I'll post them. Uh, Hopefully they'll be in the video as well, but we sing together. You Are Good. Gonna let me down. You're never gonna.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen.